And something has been what we've been saying it for so long with the anointing increasing. And this year, more people got saved than ever before. I could have come back here in the 1980s and told you nothing was happening. Just, you know, we were having good times. But friends, something's happening. There's like a, an increase in the momentum. And I felt when I came home, the time is coming when not even, even the Jews that come in, no one will be able to stand on their feet under that anointing. It's just growing and growing, and, and it's just you can feel the tangible presence of the Spirit all around you. And like the Jews, they couldn't stand when they were dedicating the, the temple in the Old Testament. Like just, a time's going to come, whenever they, even though they're in, them, in their midst, there'll be a falling down under the anointing. Amen. Bring it on. Amen. And you have glad to be here to, with you. You all know that you, you have, and, and I think last time he was here, he, he had already become the international director where he's traveling now worldwide around all the branches. And even into new places. I'm not going to say much because he wants to say himself, but he's been going in even into Arab nations now. That's been the big, big change. That God's doing something in the spirit. And even Arab Christians are saying now, we want to be part of the ICEJ. Amazing. That they want to stand with Israel. It's the sign that God is really doing something and we really are moving on. Things are no longer the same. The feast isn't the same as what it used to be. It's got better and better, and there's a freedom, more of a freedom in the spirit now, and a great boldness that's there among speakers like Yuha and Yanni and all the rest. Friends, you've got to get, listen, you've got to buy your ticket and get there. <laughs> Speak to your pastor, twist his arm, okay? But if you can get there, it's powerful. And Yanni will take out the youth groups and really get involved with him if you can get there. It'll be an investment into your life that you will never, never regret. I'm here to introduce something. Sorry. <laughs> Yanni Silicon Gas is the youth uh, director. He really is going to follow you in the sense of going around the nations, encouraging all those who are under the age of, we say 30 ish, right about there, whenever he comes that he's that young, but encouraging that, that next generation to understand what God's saying concerning Israel. It's so vital, that ministry. It's so vital that we're bringing on. The next generation and he is a key person he's got a he's only been here a few days but i sent him this morning and i can really see a real teaching anointing that's on him and uh, the lord is going to bless him and in, in, in this ministry he was born in uruguay he's the he's the son of a missionary parents and also a missionary grandfather so he didn't have a chance when they were praying for him he was going to end up on the front line someday and that's where he is exactly now and he's been living in Israel now. The, the other big plus, of course, is that he married Yuha's, grand, sorry, Yuha's daughter. <laughs> so that brings him very, very close. And, uh, but as a team going around these churches, they've just been powerful. And you are going to, as your pastor said, going to be really, really blessed tonight. At the back, there's some uh, items on the table. Even the Feast of Tabernacles last year, the DVD is there if you want to buy it. Take it home and just watch what we're talking about, what happens at the feast. Why not just buy the DVD and watch it? And, and let you see what's, what God's doing. There's some other material. If you don't get our, our literature signed up, please sign up. If you're not getting our word from Jerusalem, friends, you are seriously backslidden. And you need to, <laughs> now before you leave here, you've only got 15 minutes the lights go out. Get your name on that page. <laughs> or you will be in trouble, trouble when you go home and the Holy Spirit convicts you. Why didn't I sign up? They're so convicted. <laughs> sign up before you go. And there's also literature from uh, Arise. We're calling the, the youth wing of our movement Arise. That's a good name. Arise. There's young people arising into your destiny and what God's got for you. And there's a little book that there. Please take it and get connected with the Arise again on the website and on our uh, Facebook and get in touch with, with Yanni uh, and stay tuned in. We're going to show a little tip um, just concerning the ministry of Arise and then Yanni's going to come and be our first speaker. And God bless you again. Thank you. Let me go a little something like this. Check it out, y'all. 
stewards. Ridiculously beautiful. And everything is God's creation. Check this. And it goes a little something like this. Let's set the bar of our lives high and not low. I think that's one of the problems that the youth nowadays has. We set the bar so low that we actually hit it. Just let's raise up and let's arise the bar into the level that God wants us to live and let's do great things for God. Amen. Eretov. That's what we say in Israel. Good evening. Eretov. You can answer Shalom. Eretov. Good, good. Is the mic on? Good. It's my first time in Ireland. I'm enjoying it. I think I'm going to come back. And uh, I think uh, we're saving the, the last meeting to be the best. So um, I come from a missionary family. I lived in four different continents, and uh, my life has been quite a roller coaster, and it's been a good roller coaster. And uh, I just want to speak to you today, uh, tonight, briefly about something which has been very important to my life, and that has actually changed my life. And uh, at the moment, I am training for a triathlon. I am. Uh, it requires quite a lot of discipline, quite a lot of exercise uh, to to swim 3.6 kilometers, then uh, bike 180, and then run a full marathon. That's uh, that requires a lot of muscles. It requires a lot of uh, resistance in your muscles. But um, I've come to realize that many times, you know, we train muscles, and we think that you know the things that carry our lives are you know the the biceps and you know the thigh muscles or all these big muscles. But let me ask you a question. What is the most powerful muscle that you have in your body? You can read the answer from Proverbs 18 and 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Your tongue weights 70 grams. 70 grams. And on top of that lays your life or your death. So now my question is, do we really train the right muscle? Do we train the right muscles in our daily lives? Because actually it doesn't matter really what you have. In the end, the only thing that counts is your word. It doesn't matter what kind of a degree do you have. If you don't keep your word, you have nothing. You don't get saved because we come to a church with uh, fancy lights, nice instruments, or we have a nice building. That doesn't get you saved. What gets you saved is when you speak out and you say to Jesus Christ that he's your Savior. That's what saves you. The Word. The Word saves you. Turn your Bibles to John 1 and 1. In the beginning... There was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and with Him, without Him, was not anything made that was made. In the beginning there was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now when you think about creation, God spoke words. And things just happened out of nothing. He has the ability to speak out to darkness and light comes up out of nothing. The fact that we are in the planet Earth came out of his mouth. He declared it. That's why it's very important to pay attention to what you speak. Life and death is in the power of your tongue. 
70 grams control your life or maybe your death. You know, when you read from Genesis, God gave a very specific word for a man that we call Abraham. He said to him that I will give you a piece of land. He said it with his word. He said I will give you forever with his word. As an everlasting possession with his word. That's why we can read it. Because he spoke it. Now look at this nation. God said that I will set you to this man as the father of all nations. And I will bless all nations through you. He said that. Now what was the consequence? The nation of Israel, as we see it today, the modern day Israel. More than 160 Nobel Prizes. Leading in technology, leading in agriculture, leading in biochemical industry, with the, uh, healing many diseases in the world, leading physicists, leading bio, uh, biochemical uh, technology, leading in high security worldwide technology, and leading in the return of Jesus Christ. Because God said it, Jesus said it, that I will come back to this piece of land. He said it. And in the beginning we said from John 1 and 1 that he, the word, is God. So when he says something, he will do it. Because his word is flawless. It doesn't have a single instant, a single gram of sin. That's why we can trust his word. From Genesis to Revelations. Now you speak 10,000 words every single day, on average. For a woman, maybe 20,000. Now, listen to me very careful. 10,000 words, it means 10,000 possibilities to speak life or to speak death. That's on average. Every single day of your life. Maybe not in your first year. But I choose personally in my life to speak life or death to my wife, to my children, to my friends, to my neighbors, even to Yuha. <laughs> and to my neighbors that I don't know, and even to my enemies. The Bible says that love your enemies. You have to speak life to them, not death. Don't curse them. Speak life to them. Now, what the Bible says about blessing Israel, very straightforward. If you bless Israel, you will be blessed. If you curse Israel, you will be cursed. Now, how do you bless Israel? Words. Now, words have to be followed by actions. Or your faith is did less. It's very easy to speak. But truth in the words, will unleash actions. Always. Now choose to bless Israel and you will be blessed. It's very simple, isn't it? It's so simple that it feels ridiculous how simple it is. Now we have a gift of making simple things super complicated. About a sentence like this, you can hear probably like a two-week sermon about that. But it's very simple. It's very straightforward. Now, one day, you and me, we will be accountable for every single word we spoke. In front of the king, the highest king. And at that time, when I will be in front of him, I think my words won't count anymore. My pleading won't count. That's why we have life here on earth. That's why we're called to speak life to everything. Everything we have, everything you see, everything you feel, comes out of here. Now, 
I need to train my tongue to resist the devil. I need to train this muscle to resist him and to speak life and truth. Is that true? Say out loud, speak life. Now we speak life and we declare it to the seen and to the unseen world. That's why it's very important to speak, not just to think. That's what we're speaking from here. That's why Jesus spoke to his disciples. He spoke to the people. Truth and life. Now, may God strengthen our tongues, our words, with life, not curse. That is why with Arise, we want to teach the youth, the young adults, with life. Secondly, we want to live according to what we teach. Then you become a living testimony, not a speaking testimony. And then we want to share what we live. Teach, live, and share. When you share what you have lived, then people will listen to you. That will impact people's lives. And just focus from now on how easy is to bless with your words. How easy is to speak life. Because it is here. When you give your life to Christ, it is inside of you. You just need to let it out. Now, your flesh will fight it. But we need to train this muscle in the godly gym. May God bless you. And let's keep training our tongues to speak life to our lives, to our families, to our enemies, to our friends, and to Israel. Because God is listening to you. Amen. We're going to see another little short DVD here. In 1980, the Israeli parliament passed a law declaring a united Jerusalem as the eternal capital of the State of Israel. Threatened by the Arab League with an oil embargo, national embassies in Jerusalem closed their doors. That same year, Christians from around the world gathered in Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. Sensing the isolation of the Israeli people, the participants and leaders of this gathering decided to establish the International Christian Embassy in Jerusalem. It's always important for us to remember that the Christian Embassy was actually established out of the Feast of Tabernacles. And this is something which marvels me until today to think that for now more than 30 years Christians are coming from all over the world to celebrate with us a Jewish festival, Sukkot. Um, Ray, what is your experience with that? Just for me personally, it's such an amazing expression of unity of the body of Christ to see so many Christians from so many different backgrounds, from so many different uh, faith origins, uh, and they come to Jerusalem and everything is kind of put aside with just this heart and intent to, to number one, worship the Lord, but then also to, to want to be a blessing to this nation and an encouragement to this nation. I think it's a great opportunity for, for people to come and it's a, it's a great season for people to come and, and visit Israel. You are, you are traveling all over the world, you know what it means to see churches all over the world supporting Israel. Yeah, we, we, we not only have a mandate here in Israel, but we also have it in the nations. Yes. And uh, in the nations we serve the local body of Christ with our message. Jesus at the center, his character of covenant-keeping God highlighted in his dealings with Israel. And the Lord has been uh, good to us, we've been able to touch the whole nations. We raise the, the global prayer on behalf of Israel and uh, we are acting uh, as a bridge between the Gentile nations and Israel. And we do all this because we know that whoever blesses Israel shall be blessed. 
actually to bless Israel practically there's much more than just coming here as a visitor to this land. Uh, Nicole, what can people do in order to help Israel very practically? Well, since Israel was established as a nation, you know that they've been very successful in a great many areas. However, there's still a lot of challenges that Israel faces today in the area of social needs. And it gives us a, an opportunity as Christians to reach out in a practical expression of love and support for this people and to say to Israel that she's not alone. Uh, we have the privilege and the opportunity to work with every sector of Israeli society, whether that's uh, the Jewish, secular, Orthodox, um, Arabs, Druze, Bedouin, everyone in the whole society, we have the opportunity to work in every sector. I like uh, what uh, 1 Corinthians 13 says, the love chapter, how it describes love as patient and kind. It also says that love rejoices in the truth. As Christians, we want to be out there and we carry out uh, our media publications uh, initiative through um, many uh, mediums. Uh, we have a daily news service where uh, reports go out by email. We also post it on our, our website, www.icej.org. And we have a weekly radio program, Front Page Jerusalem, heard on about 100 Christian, uh, Christian radio stations across North America, also around the world. We have uh, weekly TV spots now on Daystar. Uh, we're uh, going to be working with God TV on a weekly program called Word from Jerusalem. And our monthly magazine is all call, also called Word from Jerusalem, which it, uh, it gives you updates about our events, our activities, also current affairs, analysis, I think most important Bible teachings about Israel, and I think when you get to the core of it, we want to speak biblical truth to the church, to the nations about Israel. You just had the privilege to meet our leadership team here in Jerusalem and to be part of one of our strategic meetings which take place every single week here. Uh, here we, we strategize, we plan, we think about how we can bless Israel at the best. And I want to invite you personally today to partner with the International Christian Embassy here in Jerusalem. We are your embassy. We want to be there for you in order to convey your blessings and to convey your love to the Jewish people. Please stand with us, please pray for us, and prayerfully consider to support us financially. Thank you so much and may the Lord bless you here out of Zion. Praise the Lord. This is what we are doing. And you just saw the, the clip that gives you a brief overview of our ministry at the moment in Israel and then in the nations. On my side as well, I, I want to uh, greet uh, the pastor again and, and thanking you for allowing to come and minister in your church. This is one of the churches here in Ireland that I really, I really feel at home. This is, uh, this is true. And uh, when he was saying, when David was saying to us that, okay, you're flying again, and this is going to be the, your last stop again here in Ireland, I said, yeah, because I want to leave Ireland with a good mood. <laughs> so, so it's wonderful to be here with you again. And of course, I'm happy that our RISE director, Yanis Alokangas, is with me as well, because this ministry with the young people it's actually even less than 30 years. It's actually already starting from the... Yeah, 17 on, because the, the world is really changing. And this Arise ministry uh, is really, really heavily using these equipments. Like this is right up, uh, really from the Lord, I believe, from the Holy Spirit that, that you are reaching out also through YouTube and all these kind of programs to the world. Arise is doing this a lot. They got everything. They got internet, radio program. If you click the Arise website, you can find it. It's, it's a weekly radio program. They got the, the magazine. It's, uh, it's uh, on the net. And they got their uh, Facebook and everything is there. And they're communicating a lot with the people, with the young adults through that. So please check it out and, and ask your, your children, your, your young adults to, to have a look on that website. Um, first of all, or secondly, I, I also want to greet you on behalf of our headquarters in Jerusalem uh, and on behalf of our executive director, Dr. Jürgen Bühler, and the whole staff. We have a staff of about 40 people in the headquarters where you saw this clip that was taped in, the, in our, our headquarters in our chapel there. And uh, 
this is truly now time for the, for the local church and for the believers to get connected in, with God's purposes concerning Israel. Now, I've said it many times, and I'm sure that I've also said it here in, in this church, that Israel is not the whole kingdom of God. But Israel is very essential dimension in the kingdom of God. Now, the local church has a calling from God to reach out to the community, to preach the gospel, and to, to do endeavors and, 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 and in the power of the Holy Spirit reach out so that souls are being saved. And then the saved ones need to be discipled and built. And this is the, the job of the local church. And then send out uh, people to the missions, I, I remember that you are part of the mission strongly, in, in, especially in few countries that, are, that the Lord has given to you. But Israel, I believe, and, and, and I'm saying this everywhere, it doesn't matter what the Lord has called you to do in your individual life, in your calling, in the, in the life of a local church, there needs to be a connection with God's plans and purposes concerning Israel. And we are very, very grateful to the Lord that today, a lot of the worldwide, well-known, solid, tried and proved ministers are working closely with us. Uh, uh, just to mention uh, to you that today in our, in, in our advisory council, we have uh, wonderful men and women of God. <clears throat> we, first of all, we, uh, we have as, uh, as a chairman of our international board, Ingolf Elsel, who is very well known in Europe. He's, uh, he used to be for many, many years the president of the Pentecostal European Fellowship. It's a, it's an, it's a loose umbrella um, a fellowship for, for all the uh, Pentecostal uh, expressors in Europe. And he's very well connected with the worldwide body of Christ also. He's our chairman. But then we have, as an advisory council members, in our, uh, in our advisory council, we have as members, we have, for example, uh, people like Jack Hayford from the United States, who is the pastor's pastor in the States. We have Reinhard Bonke, who is the world uh, well-known evangelist. We have Suzette Hatting on our, on our council. Uh, we have uh, Angus Bakken from South Africa. Uh, we have uh, Angus, uh, I'm, no, I'm sorry, I mean, we have Alan Jackson from the States. We have Apostle René Terranova from, from Latin America. He's leading a network of churches with six million people. And, and we have uh, the, the leader of the Coalition of Apostles, John Kelly. And then we have uh, uh, Daniel Kalinda also as, a, as one of our members in the board, <clears throat> in the advisory board. So these are people that, that for me, you know, because they, they are cooperating and working together with us as our, as our advisors, it, for me, it's a strong sign from the Holy Spirit that truly, truly, he wants to connect the body of Christ with us. And it's, it's truly worldwide. We have also uh, Billy Wilson from the Empower 21. That it's also an organization uh, that has a vision that the gospel will be preached uh, so that, in, that there's every person in this planet Earth will hear the gospel from the spirit-empowered, spirit-filled believer. So that's their vision. And they are working with millions of people as well. So it's really worldwide. Now it's the time for, for us really to get involved, even more so today. And that's why I'm, I'm happy to be able to share with you also the basis from the Bible why we are doing what we are doing. So this is what I'm, I'm going to do now. Would you please open your Bibles uh, from the book of Revelation <clears throat> chapter 15, book of Revelation. Would you please stand for the reading of the words though, so you can then have a seat after that. Revelation 15 and then Deuteronomy 32. Deuteronomy 32. <clears throat> Revelation 15 and verse 2. And I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire, and those who have the victory over the beast, over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, having harps of God, they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. And then Deuteronomy 32, verse 43. 
Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people, for he will avenge the blood of his servants and render vengeance to his adversaries. He will provide atonement for his land and his people. Let's give the word to the Holy Spirit. Jesus, you're the resurrection and life. And in you, we lean towards you and we ask your power and your glory upon the word and upon our spirits, upon our wills, upon our minds, upon our conscience, upon our bodies. Quicken our minds to follow the word of the Lord in Jesus. And we give you all the glory and honor and praise. Holy Spirit, refresh us. Fill us with your life. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we do pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated, please. Now, in this verse in the book of Revelation, it talks about overcomers. They are standing on the sea of glass. I cannot explain what I feel. I cannot. But whenever I come to this scripture, sea of glass mingled with fire, for me it speaks the glory, the holiness of God, and the authority of the Almighty God. It's, it's an expression of His throne. It's, 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 it's beautiful. Now, they are standing on the sea of glass and they are rejoicing. They are having their harps uh, in, their, in their hands. They are praising the Lord with music. And they have a song in their mouth. And the Bible says that it's the song of Moses. The ones singing this song of Moses, they are overcomers of everything that has set itself up against the character and works of God. They are completely overcomers in the fullness of the word. Everything is under their feet. They have crushed everything that has set itself up against the character and purposes of God. And they are in heaven. Ultimate victory over ultimate hostilities against the Lord and His holiness now when they are this when they are in this victorious position everything crushed under their feet the expression comes through a song and it's not only a fresh song it's an eternal song it's a song that has been sung from you know when when apostle john was seeing this it's a song that already was known about 1,500 years before the Apostle John. It was a song of Moses. And when you turn in your Bibles to the Deuteronomy 32, you find this song that the Holy Spirit is, is indicating in the book of Revelation. It's an eternal song. It's a song that originates in heaven and it's a song filled with authority. It's a song that expresses the purposes of God. And nothing can prevent him from performing what is in this song. It's actually the expression of the eternal plans and purposes for God concerning the whole humanity and Israel. Now when you look at this song in Deuteronomy 32... You can find out that it actually is the redemptive purposes of God being revealed. And he has been sticking with his plan. He has never altered his plan. He has never changed his plan. He didn't have any other plan. This is, this, this is it. And he's sticking to it. He's not changing it. And it's interesting to me, very interesting along the same lines that Yanni was just sharing, that the Lord instructed specifically 
that this song has to be in the mouth of the Israelites. Deuteronomy 31 verse 19, it says, God says to Moses that, Write down this song for yourselves and teach it to the children of Israel. Put it in their mouths. And then Moses does what the Lord said to him to do. And when you look at this song, you know, it ends up with the verse 43 that we read. It ends up with these words, He will provide atonement for his land and his people. It's the salvation and the restoration of the children of Israel that will also touch their land. Apostle Paul puts it this way, all Israel shall be saved. Prophet Ezekiel takes it and puts it in this way, that he says, the Lord will gather all the descendants from all the nations. He will gather them and bring them back from all the nations and from all the countries to their ancient homeland. That's Ezekiel 36. And he says that, in other words, he says that God will bring the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Jewish people, he will bring them back to their ancient homeland and he will restore them back to their land. Has happened. After 2,000 years, it's done. They are there. Today in Israel, where we are living, today in Israel there's 6 million Jewish people. And that number is very interesting also because 6 million Jews were murdered during the Nazi, uh, Hitler, Hitler's regime. In Israel, there are about 8 million Israeli citizens, including the Arabs, the Druze, and, and the Bedouins, and all that. About 8 million. But 6 million are Jewish people. They are back. And today, there's no other nation in the whole world that would have more Jewish people living in their land, in their country, than in Israel. Israel is the number, number one now. Not even the United States has more Jewish people living than in Israel now. And, and the Lord says that He will provide atonement for His land and His people. And Ezekiel says about this also that God will give them a new heart. He will replace the heart of stone with a heart of flesh as a nation. The prophet Zechariah, he puts this, that God will provide atonement for his people. Of course, we know that he's talking about Jesus. And then in Jesus, uh, the, the nation will be saved. And Zechariah says that God will pour out the spirit of grace and supplication. As a result, it will trigger their eyesight from, and their hearts to look towards Him whom they have pierced, meaning Jesus. But what happens before this? It's also in this song, in the song of Moses. Now, the Jewish people have been on their historical journey now since the days of Abraham about 4,000 years now. And the Lord said to them that, on your long historical journey, have this song in your mouth. Meaning that throughout your long historical journey, you are singing your destiny and your destiny will be in your mouth. But it doesn't mean that it's, it's understood. Because we know that... that the nation of Israel today is not saved. So they are blinded. So we can say they are close, yet so far. But this song of Moses, please study it at home. Now this song of Moses has everything in it. It's the eternal plan of God that will end up with the nation of Israel being completely saved. Now, when, when, you, when you begin it, you can see that it actually begins with, with presenting the character and nature of God. 
you know, he's, he's, he's talking about, he says that God's revelation, His laws and His word, he says, let my teaching drop as the rain, my speech distill as the dew, as rain drops on the tender herb and as showers on the, on the grass. He's saying that the word of God is, is so refreshing, so invigorating, that it does the same to the human heart as the rain does to the nature. It makes everything blossom. And then he says that our God is like a rock. He's perfect. He's truthful. There's no injustice. He's righteous and upright. Meaning that he's, he's, he's presenting the character of God. And he says that, in other words, God is like a rock. It's like, like imagine a scenery of a stormy, raging sea. And there's a rock. And the waves, you know, the, the, the raging waves are coming against the rock. But it just stands firm. And this is, you know, how God is in our lives. He's our rock. He's the foundation for our lives. Not only for the Israelites, but also for us. And it means that, you know, in this today's world, there's chaos produced by the sinful lives and by the perverted desires. There's chaos going, especially in the Middle East. You know, imagine what's, or, or just not imagine, now think soberly, in reality, what's going on in Syria. 100,000 people have been killed in Syria. Egypt, in chaos. It's, 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 it's a lot of things happening. Iran, Iraq, Lebanon, Gaza. You know, all these things. But God is the solid rock. And he's a, he's a firm truth. You know, this world is filled with deceptions. And God is the solid foundation for all truth. And his instructions are good for any society. But, but, but he's depicting, he's, he's painting the character of God. And then he... Against this beautiful holiness of God, he's painting the picture of the, of the Israelites. And he says, he's talking about their weaknesses, their sins and their failures. And he says, they, they have blemish and they, have, they are corrupted. They are perverse and crooked generation. And, they are, and, and he's, he's picturing them against the Father God who has actually uh, given them everything. And establish them. And then he starts dealing, you know, it's, it's all in this song when you study it. It's actually God revealing his plans for Israel and the rest of the humanity. He's saying that, that this great God, he took, he, he, he created all the nations and then he gave among the nations, he gave a special grace and a special favor. He specifically favored Israel. And Israel is his inheritance among the nations. That's his choice. And it says here, you know, that the Lord's portion is his people, verse 9. Jacob is the place of his inheritance. He says that, in other words, he's saying that Israel... Has a, has, a, has a grace. Israel has the special promises. Israel has the covenants. Israel is God's contact point to reach out to the rest of the world. It's his inheritance. It's the apple of his eye. It's, it's uh, something that has a very tender spot in God's heart. Actually, God is saying that, that because it's a pupil of his eye, it's the apple of his eye. It means that, that God gives a special protection because that nation is in need of that specific protection. Like I, our, our eye needs this special protection. My arm I can hit like this, but my pupil I cannot. It needs a special protection. And it's an object of a, of a precious care. 
And God is saying that, yeah, Israel is my inheritance, my special nation, my own. And I'm using it to bless the rest of the nations. And in this song of Moses that was to be in their mouth, he's actually, he's, he's actually telling that I took them from Egypt. He says he found him in a desert land. It means Egypt. He says, it, I took them from Egypt. Then I, I, I carried them like an eagle carries his young, meaning he protected them, he looked after them, and he got them moving. They were not standing still. He got them out of Egypt, and he got them moving, and he looked after them in the desert. You know, there's, there's, uh, there's, and the Lord says that he alone, he led them. There was no foreign God with him. It was, it was beautiful. And then he talks about his great plans for this nation. He says, he made him ride in the heights of the earth. And then he says that he wanted to satisfy them with good things. He had a perfect plan. He wanted them to draw honey from the rock and oil from the flinty, flinty rock and, and to look after them and, and the wheat and the wine and everything he's talking about. In, remember, this was given before they entered the promised land. So he's, he's talking about these plans, you know, that what, what waits them in the promised land, everything that was lacking in the desert for 40 years. But this was ahead of them in the promised land. And then he prophesies. God says that when you, are, you, when you will be fully, uh, you know, satisfied and I've looked after you and you are there in the... In the, in the promised land, then you will turn up against me. And it's, it's in here again. Yeshurun grew fat and kicked. He forsook God, verse 15. And, and it tells about how they reject the source of all their blessings and the source of their salvation. And how now Israel becomes blinded. And then he talks about how he will because they, he will take the Gentiles into his family as well. Now, Israel is, is, is his inheritance among the nations. The nations exist because of the will of God. But he, he already told 3,500 years ago to Moses that he will bring the Gentiles in. And it's the song of Moses. It's in their mouth. And God says that in verse 21, that you have provoked me to jealousy with your idols, Israel. You took the foreign gods that did nothing for you. You turned your back on me and you, you worshiped the foreign gods, the idols. Okay, you provoked me to jealousy and to anger. What I'm going to do with you is that I'm going to take Gentile nations and provoke you to, to jealousy through the Gentile nations. And this is what he says in verse 21. They have provoked me to jealousy by what is not God. They have moved me to anger by their foolish idols. But I will provoke them to jealousy by those who are not a nation. I will move them to anger by a foolish nation. And the book of Romans, uh, Paul is, is using this scripture uh, to tell that how God in Jesus enlarged his family and he took the Gentiles in. He didn't replace Israel. He enlarged Israel and took the Gentiles in through the faith of Jesus. It's all in here in this, in the, in this song of Moses. Everything is here. So God, and, and, and then he starts talking about the exile how they will be, you know, the Gentiles are in, how they, they will be exiled. And it talks about the, the sorrows, how they will be affected throughout all society, how, how there will be even creation against them. And there's, there's, uh, destroy, there, they, the sword shall destroy outside, terror within, and on all these things. He's telling it all beforehand, all before it's ever happening. But then he talks about how, we, how he will restore the nation of Israel, how he will restore the Israelites through correcting them, through disciplining them, and he will eventually save them. And he also talks about the judgment of the nations that will happen in, 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 his, in this godly process that touches the whole planet Earth. It's everything there. 
in the Song of Moses 3,500 years ago. Now this means that God is forever faithful. He knew everything beforehand. And he committed himself eternally for the Jewish people. Now, even in our salvation, when, when, when God took us, the Gentiles, in to his family, and through the blood of Jesus, we were taken in, and God enlarged his family, and we were grafted into the olive tree that already existed before, uh, before the resurrection of Jesus, this believing Israel, God enlarged his family and took us in. Even in this, he stayed faithful to the people of Israel. Because God says that when I save the Gentiles, by doing this, I will provoke you, my chosen people, to jealousy. So that when you see my life in the life, lives of the Gentiles, you will say that they are enjoying something that our God has been given to them. They are having full life from God that He planned to us. They are enjoying His blessings and benefits and they are carrying something in them that belongs to us. It provokes them to godly jealousy in a good way, not in a bad way. So God never forgot His people. Even when saving the Gentiles, underneath was a current, a divine stream that would actually give the fragrance of God in such ways that it's been directed first to the Jewish people. Like the gospel came first to the Jewish people. And the gospel should be preached first to the Jewish people. So God has always had on his heart and mind his people. And he will never, ever, ever forget them. Even in heaven, remember, there are these Jewish names in the New Jerusalem. The, the names of the 12 tribes. The names of the 12 apostles. All Jewish names. And there's this Jewish Messiah. He will forever stay faithful. And for us to stand eventually on this sea of glass. The way to end up there is that we get inside the plans of God now. His plans are moving forward. His plans are going. He is doing things on this planet earth. And he, He's doing things in your life. And He's wooing you and He's calling you to follow Him. In other words, we need to find out from the Word of God what God is doing. And when we find it out, then in Jesus, with the power of the Holy Spirit, we are to throw ourselves into his plans and purposes and do the very same thing what he's doing. Now God says that he's going to deal with the nation of Israel. Will you? Are you, plan of, are you part of that plan? You should. God is with us through his word and we are with him through our prayers. So when we find out His plans, we express them first in our prayers and then with our actions, then with our attitudes and so forth. So when we find out God's plans, then we need to start praying accordingly. Now, in the Middle East, all the time things are happening. All the time. But in our prayers, we should rather be proactive than reactive. 
So that when we, hear, when we hear from the news what's going on, then we start praying. No, we, we should actually take this song of Moses, keep it in our mouth, and no matter what is happening in the Middle East, we just keep that in our prayers because no, we know that eventually the sea of glass will be our destiny. And also the destiny of the believing Israel, Israelis. So we are inviting you to take part in the plans of God. And these plans are eternal. It, they will not change. He's just affirming them again and again. He's always had them. He will have them. And they will stay as they are. This history of, of, of humanity will end up with the return of Jesus. And a new era will open from there. And eventually there will be new heavens and new earth. By the way, I believe it's not going to be that very different from now. It's just that, that it has a completely different atmosphere and, and flavor and everything. But there will be new heavens and there will be new earth. We will have our resurrection bodies. We will still be eating in the, even in our resurrection bodies. There will be fruits from the trees. So there's a, there, there's a material foundation for the eternal world. It's, it's amazing. Things are ahead of us. But now, today... We need to walk together with the purposes of God. And one essential purpose is His purpose concerning the apple of His eye, Israel. So, back to what I said in the beginning. Whatever the Lord has called you to do, you have to be faithful. And you have to fulfill it to the fullness of it. Fulfill your calling to the fullness of it. However, this calling, I am sure, involves also the dimension of Israel. So that you are looking what's going on in Jerusalem. You're looking what's going on in, in Israel. What's going on in the Middle East. Because it has everything to do with the return of your King and your Savior, Jesus. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word that you have put in our hearts and in our mouth. Thank you, Jesus, that... In you we have received the song of Moses and we have learned it from your people Israel. Thank you Jesus for these eternal plans and purposes that you have affirmed and confirmed many times in the New Testament. Thank you Jesus. Lord, I'm praying for each and every one tonight. Lord, bless them. Allow them to hear the calling from the Holy Spirit to be partaker of the plans of God that will add and nourish, rejuvenate, invigorate their lives, giving them energy and divine power and glory. Thank you, Jesus, for this church, the leadership of this church. We bless one another in a wonderful name. In Jesus' name I do pray. Amen. Amen. Lastly. We are with God through our prayers. Now, Israel needs our prayers. God has everything under control. And He's going to do what He has said He will do. And He always finds people who are working together with His purposes. It will happen. No doubt about that. But we can see from the history of the church that God calls people to pray. And that He reveals His plans and purposes. And then they are prayed through. So God has a plan and purpose for the whole Middle East, including the Arab nations surrounding Israel. And He has His pl plans and purposes concerning Israel. So I'm calling you, and I, I do believe I'm sent by God to remind you in the Holy Spirit that be one with the purposes of the Holy Spirit and have Israel under your prayers. And we have Isaiah 62 prayer initiative that you can find out from our website. And you can, you can uh, be part of that. Every first Wednesday of the month, we fast and pray for Israel. In our headquarters in Jerusalem, we pray every Monday morning, every Wednesday three times as a staff. We pray in the morning, in the noon, and in the afternoon. And then every Friday morning, we have a prayer meeting. We pray five times a week as a staff. And we fast as a staff the first, Monday, uh, the first Wednesday of every month. And when we pray and fast, 
We are doing this on behalf of Israel, on behalf of the surrounding nations, and on our ministry. And I'm inviting you to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and Israel, for the King to return. God bless you.